The following podcast is a program segment from the Midday Moments program with Gary Duncan. Join Gary for two hours of sacred music, along with moments of faith, family, and fun. Listen to AM 850 in St. Louis, or on the live stream at kfuo.org. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, KFUO Radio. AM 850 KFUO, the messenger of good news. We are listener-supported, so please perfectly consider making a gift to our ministry today. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program, and it's time now for our Moments of Faith with Pastor Doug Nicely. And today we're talking about the Eighth Commandment. False witness, isn't it? False witness, right. The reading in the in the Catechism said we should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. That's Luther's explanation. Or you shouldn't bear false witness against your neighbor. Either way. You would think uh, when we speak whatever it is that we uh, speak of others in less than the kindest way, that's that's at least better than killing them. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and quite often when we speak that way, uh, we think that they have it coming to them. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Here's, a, here's an, another interesting quote from Martin Luther that, uh, that I found kind of juicy. He says, It is a common vice of human nature that everyone would rather hear evil than good about his neighbor. Evil, though we are, we cannot tolerate having evil spoken of us. We want the golden compliments of the whole world. Yet we cannot bear to hear the best spoken of others. You know, isn't that something that we, much of the time, gain pleasure from other people's losses? Yeah, it is. And, you know, we can't get away from it. It's it's there inside of us all the time. I've um, been doing a Bible study recently on Romans, and uh, St. Paul gets finished talking about how we're justified by grace through faith, and he talks about how baptism saves us, and in the very next chapter he says, you know, I, I know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to do, but I don't do it. <laughs> That's so true with all of us. He said, wretched man that I am. Uh, at any rate, um, so I told you I was going to introduce you to a new character right. today. And that new character's name is Ahit Hopeful. Well, let me tell you the story about Ahit Hopeful. The story in King David's life that teaches us about failing to speak uh, well of others is about one of the king's most trusted advisors, a fellow by the name of Ahit Hopeful. Ahit Hopeful joined Absalom in his conspiracy to replace King David on Israel's throne. Remember, we talked about that last week when we were talking about the Seventh Commandment. Right. We think David was talking about Ahit Hopeful when he writes in, uh, in the psalm, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my former friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house, and we walked in the throng. That's Psalm 55. Well, how could such a friend turn on his king? There's one small verse in 2 Samuel 23 that explains the whole thing. I don't know if you've ever read all those places that talk about ancestors and, you know, the 30 great uh, leaders of, of Israel and all the rest mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But in the midst of this list in 2 Samuel 23, we find out a heat hopeful is Bathsheba's grandfather. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Absalom, uh, remember, moves David out of, uh, of Jerusalem, and Ahit Hopeful decides to stay. So uh, Absalom comes up to Ahit Hopeful and he says, hey, give me some advice about what I should do now. And he said, uh, let me choose 
12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic. And all the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king, and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man, and all the people uh, will be at peace. This advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and all the elders of Israel. <laughs> as you might expect, if you, mm-hmm. if you know that much about Absalom, he was kind of a egotistic sort of guy, right? As we as we learned last week, mm-hmm. sounds like many people, like, like almost everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is that David put a spy in the midst of this of this group. He had another one of his advisors, a fellow by the name of Hushai, was in there in order to plot and scheme on David's behalf. But Absalom didn't know that, and this was Hushai's advice. Thus and so did Ahifel counsel Absalom and the elders of the Israel, and thus I have uh, also been consorted. And he goes on and he says, you know, this is probably not a good idea. You know that David's pretty crafty and, uh, and that he's going to hide. So, uh, so why don't you just send people out uh, far and wide and get a whole bunch of people together and then try and uh, try and get him to uh, be conquered by these people who pursue him later on. And Absalom says, well, okay, maybe that's a good idea. And it's interesting, we're told, after they had gone, Ahifel saw that his counsel was not followed, so he saddled his donkey and went home to his own city, and he set his house in order, and he hanged himself, and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Wow. Now, there's nothing in here that says that Ahit Hophel actually said anything bad about King David. But you could imagine that if he had the opportunity, he certainly would have. And that he had a reason for it in his own mind. And that's the warning about all of this. If you feel as though you have a reason, then you feel as though you have the rationale to be able to accomplish all this stuff and uh, to break the Eighth Commandment. But that's very sad that we do that. St. James gives us a little counsel about this a little later on in the New Testament. He says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast uh, and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame a tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people uh, who are made in the likeness of God. So like what we heard when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Words do hurt. They do. And in fact, as I said, you know, this is this is in the Bible. This is James. And James is saying (laughs) words are, are the most bitter weapons you have. Right. Yeah. And and do we really doubt it? based upon how we get our information in our world today. Yep. There's so many uh, you know, hurtful words. It's kind of interesting that Luther says that, too. Jesus has a little uh, helpfulness for us. I've done Bible studies on these verses, but listen to this. This is in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. 
if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Wouldn't it be better for us to talk one-on-one before we start spreading it on the Internet? Yeah, so true. So true. Could you lead us in a prayer? Sure. Lord, teach us how to speak of our neighbor in the kindest way. We pray for in this way God's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in the name of Jesus who redeems us in thought, word, and deed. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Doug. I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Ninth Commandment, and we're going to talk about one more guy in King David's life. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.